The Interrobank podcast is brought to you by Simply Financial. Flex on your ex-bank with up to $700 from Simply Financial. Visit simply.com today. Conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Interrobank podcast. I'm your host, Ben Harrietha. Now, who doesn't love a good discussion about politics? Welcome back to the show. We got a good one coming up this episode. Usually, we'd have a quick look at what's making news at Fanshawe this week, but because the municipal election is almost upon us, we thought we'd do a quick rundown. So first up, we got our mayoral candidates. We have two videos posted to our YouTube channel going through a few of the candidates and their stances on some topics important to students. Your candidates are Brandon Ellis, Daniel Jeffrey, Dan Lennart, Norman Robert Miles, Josh Morgan, Carlos Murray, Joanne Nichols, Sean O'Connell, Khalil Ramal, and Sandy Thomas. More information on each of these candidates can be found on the City of London website. Most candidates also have their own website where their platforms can be found. In terms of your council members, we'll focus on Ward 3 where Fanshawe is located and Ward 13 or downtown. Your Ward 3 councillors are Peter Cuddy. Your Ward 3 councillors are Peter Cuddy, Prab Gill, Ainsley Graham, Saifullah Kazmi, and Bob Wright. Your Ward 13 councillors are David Ferreira, John Fife Miller, Alexandria Hames, and David Milley. Same as the mayoral candidates, more information can be found on the City of London website, and most candidates also have their own website where platforming can be found. Finally, we have the school board trustees. I won't list them as there's four boards, each with multiple wards and candidates for each ward. What I will talk about, however, is a movement to get the woke out of schools. A website appropriately called Vote Against Woke is putting together a list of trustee candidates in order to get woke ideologies out of schools. And when they say non-woke, they really mean homophobic and racist. I won't beat around the bush on that one. These people want to remove any education regarding sexuality, gender ideology, the harmful effects of colonialism, and any political movement from schools. Growing up as a gay kid and not having access to that information made my life much harder. I remember in high school when I went to go watch the pride flag be raised and someone yelling a homophobic slur uh, as they drove by in their car. Let's not make life harder for these young queer kids. It's already hard enough for them. When you do vote on the 24th, make sure you know who you're voting for. Do some research and vote for someone who really wants what's best for young children. Anyways, sorry for ending there on a little bit of a dour note, but that is something I find really important to myself and many of the people here at Interrobang also agree. You can find out where you can vote and what you need to bring on the City of London website. We also have multiple articles breaking it all down on the Interrobang website. So, get out there, go vote. And with all of that finally out of the way, let me introduce our guest. He is a former newspaper reporter turned carpentry student turned reporter once more. He's also ran for federal office back in 2015 and knows a lot more about politics than I do. Please welcome Gerard Cresses. All right. Gerard, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, no problem, Ben. Thank you very much for having me. So, as you know, this is our politics episode for the podcast. Uh, our politics issue comes out... It's Friday, I think. So, I guess today, the same time as this is going to be released, but time is recording. It's tomorrow. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, what uh, do you have anything interesting in that issue coming up? Um, let me think here. Well, I guess I wrote uh, just an opinion piece, I guess, about my 
own time running for office in uh, way back in 2015. That's kind of interesting. Just some stuff that I learned, uh, some surprising things that I learned uh, campaigning or, or on the campaign trail. So how was how was running for politics? Like that's how I was running for office. I mean, uh, it was interesting. Um, I guess I kind of got into it by accident. Um, like before I was, I worked in newspapers forever. I was writing columns and always right into politics and all that stuff. And then, uh, I was on a bit of a break. I was actually checking out a building to buy, uh, looking at maybe opening a pub. The guy that I got to inspect the building was, uh, part of the local, uh, NDP riding association or yeah, he, like we finished the inspection of the building. Unfortunately, the building was a dud. But uh, like, yeah, you know, we're still looking for a candidate. And uh, at this point, I just thought, yeah, you know what? Why not give it a shot? Been chirping long enough. So, uh, so yeah, it gave me an opportunity to kind of put my money where my mouth is. And it was something that I always wanted to do, too. So, um, yeah, I got into it almost by accident. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and from there, it just kind of ballooned. That's That's crazy. So you were so you're doing reporting and writing columns and stuff. Then you wanted to start a pub then you went to uh running for election yes then i don't know the period in there but now as i know you you're in school and you're working for the Ontario bank that's like a lot of (laughs) that's just a wild career i guess yeah it's i mean there's stuff in between i guess since now and then but uh yeah i just it was just a sequence of events that led me to uh, to the candidacy. And, uh, you know, I guess not even the candidacy. That led me to seeking a nomination. Uh, but working in journalism, it wasn't the coolest thing to be working and running. So I had to take a leave of absence while I did the nomination bit. And and here in Bruce, that's where I was born and raised, where I grew up. And I worked there at the newspapers in Goddard and Clinton forever. So uh, we had just moved back to London for... Uh, my partner's schooling. Um, and so I had to move back again and, uh, yeah, spent a couple of months just campaigning for a nomination race, um, which I mean, elections are popularity contests for sure. Uh, but this one was kind of weird. Cause I mean, I was, even though I had lived there for so long, I still had to move back to run in the nomination race uh, or I didn't have to, but you know, my own twisted sense of ethics and like well i really should if i'm gonna be doing this you know uh so yeah moved back in with my mom and spent uh pretty much every night on the phone calling people cold calling people uh during the day i'd make videos either just getting to know me or about issues of the day and then the big race came up and sure enough i won it was kind of cool that is uh that's like insanely cool actually (laughs) I uh and and 2015 uh NDP that's Volcare, right? Okay, cuz yes, it was the great bed 2015. Um <laughs> you know, after Jack Layton got the official opposition, things were looking awesome. Even Tom Volcare was going into it good. People liked him. He was angry with what was going on. And then he put on the sweater vest and just got all like moderate and friendly. And then people are like, well, what's going on here? And, you know, it was, it wasn't what they signed up for. Right. And all of a sudden they got this, uh, 
you know, happy grandpa version of angry Tom who they wanted. And then, uh, yeah, that whole lead dissipated because then uh, Trudeau came in and basically took the entire MDP platform and got elected on it. Yeah. And I think, I feel like we're still kind of riding that with the NDP is that they're still almost a little like too moderate. Well, I mean, yes and no, it's, I don't know. It's hard to say, uh, especially with the pandemic, right? Um, they're, they are where they always are, but because we've had such a, uh, say like great expansion of the welfare state during the pandemic. Yeah. Even what would have been considered, who knows, like, let's call it radically socialist three years ago is now what we're used to. Right. And I think there's a huge awakening coming uh, once uh, once we have to start paying for everything that we had to do. And we did have to do a lot of stuff during the pandemic because people weren't able to leave. They weren't able to work. They weren't able to do whatever. Uh, but now that life's getting back to normal, that is going to change. And yeah, we'll see how it does. I mean, uh, I don't think austerity is a good idea, um, but I think there's going to be a time of restraint coming. And I think uh, for those, uh, for parties, uh, say like the NDP, that are on, uh, say that end of the spectrum, it's going to be a challenge um, as far as how do you, how do you claw back social programs that are no longer necessary when social programs are, you know, your bread and butter. Yeah, exactly. Man, it's, it's like, um, Becoming like someone who is of voting age right at the start of the pandemic was definitely like a really weird thing for me because mm-hmm. it was just like so many things were changing so rapidly that like I went from being like, I don't know, kind of just like whatever about it to, you know, my family always voted like whatever they wanted. Essentially, they never had like party loyalty or anything. Yeah. And then it was just like, everything was just constantly rapidly changing and then the first federal election i was able to vote in was that uh was the obviously the most recent one that meant like barely anything yeah yeah that was ridiculous and unnecessary and uh pretty much a vanity project and we saw that happen uh in ontario i guess uh might have been kathleen Wynne's last kick of the can and I mean, I'm, I'm not trashing the NDP here, um, but Andrea Horvath thought uh, she had a good chance because she was way up in the polls and all that stuff and then called the election and the numbers stayed pretty much exactly the same. And that's exactly what, uh, what Trudeau did with his pandemic election. And so uh, it's a gamble, you know, um, I mean, he's still got the seats, but, uh, you know, it's it's the exact same number of seats or maybe one or two more. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, by this point, there was so much going on in the pandemic though, that people have largely forgotten. Um, so who knows how that's going to play out? Uh, I mean, I, I do think the next election, federal election is going to be vastly different, but, um, I'm also afraid that it will be very, very ugly. Uh, Oh yeah. It's just based on everything that's happened in the past like five years this this election is whatever next election is gonna like i have a 
feeling that if the conservatives don't win it again, they're going to don't win it, which honestly is unlikely. Uh, if the conservatives don't win this election, they might just implode as a party. Uh, well, I think the best thing for them is to split the party again. Um, you know, let uh, let the reformers be reformers. Great. There's one party. And then you'll let the like the classic progressive conservatives um, come back towards the center where they were. And if they did that, that would be probably the best thing for Canadian politics uh, going. Um, and it would be the best thing for, uh, you know, conservative voters and even a lot of liberal voters, too, to be honest with you. Uh, it would give somebody that... Uh, socially progressive fiscally conservative sort of uh option uh that uh that is kind of lacking right now uh because right now and although to be honest like that's kind of how it operates but there's so much rhetoric and so much uh uh like fear and slander and all that stuff going that uh, we don't even really know what a you know quote unquote a conservative party actually is about yeah it's tough i mean the one to watch is the greens is for me because they've already you know they have was it one or two mps maybe i should know this but uh you know they are up and coming and they're they're setting their own course like they're very uh say on the right about some things and they're very on the left about some things as well and i think for i don't know I think that one of the best things for Canada is to like a party like that, um, that kind of plays from both books and, you know, does it situationally, right? Based on what the country needs at the time, rather than this is our way. This is exactly what we need. Here's everything in our little playbook. This is what the country needs. Doesn't work like that. But unfortunately, we have an either or system. Uh, literally like an hour before we started recording. Did you see that Liz Truss resigned? No. Yeah, <laughs> she resigned after 45 days as the prime minister of... Wow. Yeah. Yeah, literally like an hour ago. I mean, <laughs> whether that's good or bad, uh, we'll see. I mean, that's a tough road to hoe. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and, you know, she walked into a mess. And then kind of came out swinging and and made it more of a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you can't, uh, you can't try to be a tough guy, you know. Yeah. And and if you do, you have to back it up. But I don't. I, I guess people didn't want the tough guy, right? So she's. Damn, I'll have to yeah. uh, have to look that up. Yeah, forty-four days in office. Wow. Um, yeah. So. Basically, yeah, she's she's resigning until um, the successor is chosen. So, the, so I guess like the Tories are still going to be power, but it's right. whoever the Tories pick at, to be PM. But yeah, literally like an hour ago, she okay. she announced that she resigned. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an hour at the time of recording. When this comes out, it'll be it'll have been about twenty four hours. But right. crazy, crazy. Yeah, I mean, best of luck to her. Right? Like, is that long enough to even put it on your resume? <laughs> yeah, there was there was a stream I saw where someone had put 
like a picture of Liz Truss and a picture and uh, like a piece of lettuce, like a head of lettuce, and said, "Which will last longer, the lettuce or Liz?" Um, because someone had made that joke, and uh, I don't know if the stream's still up, <laughs> but I, I, uh, it might be the lettuce. Oh wow! <laughs> the lettuce might have taken the victory there. Well, what do you do? I guess we'll we'll yeah. see. What you come up with now, right? I I don't understand English politics like at all. It's very confusing to me, but I just I keep an eye on it every once in a while. I'm like, oh, what are you guys doing over there? Oh, yeah. that okay. Well, to be honest, even Canada's politics is kind of confusing right now. No, really, it's uh, and all oh, man, I didn't like. I feel like politics needs to be taught more in like schools. Like it shouldn't be optional to like. Because I think all you get is like a civics class in grade 10. Like you should know more because I have no idea like how most elections like function. (laughs) And like we got a municipal election coming up in London. And it was just like it was a pain trying to figure out like who am I going to vote for in my ward? Who am I going to vote for for mayor? Now I got to think of who am I going to vote for for trustees? Like it's totally like ugh. So, like, what are what are your thoughts on this next this upcoming municipal election? Well, it's uh, I live in Ward Thirteen, which is downtown. Me too. Yeah, and uh, I've watched the debates uh, and checked out some websites. I haven't done the trustee thing yet, and I, to be honest, now that I have a daughter in school, uh, I should. <laughs> So I'll have to spend some time this weekend on that. Um, I wasn't overly impressed, I guess, in my ward, but you know, it's, it's city hall, right? There's a bunch of noobs. And then a guy that has been in there for um, part of a term uh, because our counselor, uh, Ariel Kayabaga, hope I'm not killing her name, but uh, yeah, she left uh midterm to run for successfully run for the liberal party in the federal election that rubs me the wrong way but i just that's neither here nor there with this election it's just you know people voted you in for like signing a contract to work for four years and then you know like well see you later something else came around uh but democracy shouldn't work that right but um yeah this time around it's it's tough um because the pandemic has done so much to the city, especially downtown, like it's gutted. And um, so really housing and homelessness were the two uh, big things. Um, and for me, I'm renting uh, and I have a sweet, sweet deal. So uh, housing's not an issue for me. I could never afford to buy a house, but, you know, uh, so be it. I'll stay here until the house collapses. Um and then homelessness, like it was, it was interesting. Uh, there's a whole lot of angles for that. Um, and it's not necessarily like, unfortunately, a lot of things get lumped into the same uh, deal, like uh, safety, uh, drug use, uh, you know, violence, all that stuff. Um, and I think that gets equated uh, with homelessness and a lot of uh, debates and a lot of the questions and uh, stuff like that. And I don't know, with the debates, it was, either like an insanely humanistic approach uh which i don't think will work 
or a like get tough law and order approach, which again, I don't know that it would uh, necessarily work uh, only because you can't be too heavy handed. But at the same time, uh, you do have to take a look at uh, one candidate. I was talking about uh, like predatory people that are predatory towards the homeless. And it's like, wow, you're the only person I've ever, ever heard talk about this. Um, and yeah, they, I will read more about them. Because, yeah, you bring up the fact that the one counselor and it's just at least personally for me, it's like, you know, I just moved to London permanently for the time being, at least permanently for the time being. Yeah, because uh, the last uh, like three years, I've been bouncing back and forth between winter and London uh, with school. Yeah. Um, so now but now I put my roots down. I'm in the same business. I'm same deal as you. I'm just renting a place uh in ward 13 and for me it was literally just like yeah the one counselor he was basically just appointed no election and he's like and this is obviously not like the best you know qualifier for uh picking your candidates but he's like twice my age Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that was kind of the one thing i was was like i was like uh, like a lot of these other candidates like are at least similar in age to me like yep. the other the other big one in ward 13 i know is only like he's got all he can't be older than like 28 yeah and um uh, that guy well the guy that stepped in mid uh there's uh, what's his name fife miller fife miller yeah yeah um there's always these gotcha moments at the debates too but some guy tried to got you moment at the mic he didn't even ask a question he's like you know why did you accept this job when it could have been an election you know you didn't take this you could have had an election you decided not to go to an election you just took the job you're not a valid counselor and it's like it's not a question but like man that's uh (laughs) you know it's whether or not uh you know you like the guy or whatever I'd probably take the job too, you know, if they oh, offered no. rather than an election. You're like, yeah, you know what? I'll do it because it was just a filling job, right? There are other wards that did have elections, um, but you know, they offer somebody the job. Would you be like, well, you know, we should have an election instead, or would you take the job? You know, I don't, uh, I don't fault the guy for uh, for that. Yeah. Uh, who are you referring to? I should look at the window. I could probably see a sign. Uh, David Ferreira is the other one. Right. Yeah. He's, I don't want to say one horse cowboy, but most of what he was talking about was housing, which is, yes, huge. a lot of housing is your issue. You know, um, that guy uh, is definitely worth looking into. Um, and then, but yeah, it, it, it's weird because the guy like that wife Miller, he had the benefit, I guess, going into this of already having some experience in office, but he's not that experienced. He's only been there a couple, uh, you know, a couple of years or maybe a year and a half or however long it's been. Um, so he has that benefit, but the other guys uh, going up are, or at least in the debate, they were pretty green. You know, I understand because I've done a bunch of debates like the riding I ran in was massive. So, uh, you know, there'd be a debate every, say, 60 kilometers. 
or or whatever you know uh certain towns all up and down the uh all up and down the lake shore um and it is nerve-wracking but uh you still have you know your ideas you still have everything like that so it's hard when there's only one debate to see uh, you know are these people just nervous because it's the first debate or uh do they not have much to say and so the incumbent doesn't matter if you're there a year or two years you always have some sort of advantage uh but that's true of anything but with this because there's only like maybe one or two debates or you know meetings because they don't actually debate anything um using that it's really hard to see uh who's capable of what yeah very true and just before we wrap up here how are you feeling about the uh mayoral race uh to be honest that's probably the one i'm least concerned about um like yeah i'm still still undecided on that um mayors are great but uh uh, right now, I'm really more concerned for uh, for my ward. I know that's a very, very lackluster answer, uh, oh, but man. but yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not there yet with uh, with Mayor Oral. I'm not. Ugh, this is going to sound so uh, apathetic, but I'm not. I haven't been wowed yet. You know. Yeah, I'm going to hold off. That'll probably be like a Monday decision. <laughs> Yeah, no, the mayor thing, especially with like it looking like kind of such a, a total sweep with Josh Morgan, unfortunately, it does. It, it does. It does just kind of like feel very disheartening. Uh, and you're right. Downtown is in such like dire straits that it is like you really almost like, yeah, the ward candidate is almost more important than mayor. Yeah, I mean, for myself. Absolutely. Even last time around, uh, like mayor was not an afterthought, but it was not my most important decision. Um, I I voted based on uh, based on the uh, on the ward. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having a chat with me about uh, politics from here locally, provincially and across the pond. You know, that's right. Good times. Hope you uh, hope you enjoyed. Yeah, I hope I didn't too many people to sleep with my rambling, but uh, <laughs> hey, I found it. In- I found it interesting, and that's what matters. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Interrobang. As always, you can catch up with every episode on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Pick up your copy of Interrobang on newsstands now. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all things Fanshawe. For the Interrobang, I'm Ben Harriatha. The Interrobang podcast is brought to you by Simply Financial. Flex on your ex-bank with up to $700 from Simply Financial. Visit simply.com today. Conditions apply.